Oh, oh, one more thing. Yes, Just One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo. I'm John, but for the purposes of this episode, J.R. Morris. All right. And I'm R.J. White. This time around, we're talking about Death Lends a Hand, originally broadcast October 6th, 1971, directed by Bernard Kowalski, written by the guys who started the show, Levinson and Link, starring Robert Culp. Yes, we're finally doing a Robert Culp episode. No, 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 no. No, we're never doing a Robert Culp yeah, episode. Yeah, really... our, cons- our conspiratorial bosses told us to never do yeah, a Robert Culp. Yeah, we're doing one. It's finally we oh, just got around doing. Am I going to tell the Illuminati? Robert Culp, Ray Milan, of course, Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of Just One More Thing, we're joined by a guest to help us discuss Columbo. This time around, we're proud to present Hollywood personality and drunk historian J.D. Risnar. But before we bring J.D. on, R.J. Give the people what they want. John, a thought experiment. Say you're an ex-cop who owns a large detective agency who just murdered the wife of a powerful newspaper publisher because she wouldn't agree to your blackmail threats. What would be the best way to keep the investigation from leading to your shag-rugged front door? Uh, distract the cops? That's right, get hired to help the police find the killer. Now, what if a dogged police lieutenant is tying up every loose end and getting closer and closer to exposing your heinous crime? What then? I don't know, RJ. What would I do? You apply with a fancy fish, fish lunch and the offer of a lucrative job pulling down 30 grand. Well, in this episode, Robert Culp tries those and every trick in the book to avoid detection. But Columbo turns out to have several more tricks hidden in that filthy, filthy coat of his. JD, welcome to Just One More Thing. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to talk about Columbo with the two of you. Well, thank you awesome. very much. I gotta ask, uh, how how did you uh, get into Columbo? How did you uh, come to enjoy the program? Oh, I got into Columbo when they were doing the new episodes in the was it the late eighties, early nineties. Oh, so those actually got you in? Wow, those, yeah, those got me in. Those, and you uh, didn't quit from watching those. You're like, this is terrible. I'm well, I want to watch mean, the, the show. You know, the format was there, and my parents seemed to like it, and they yeah. were like, this is what's up. This guy pretends to be a goofball. Yes. But really, he's the smartest guy uh, in the whole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, those are, those, you know, they follow the format. And they're great. I, I, th- I think I just recently rewatched the Fisher Stevens one. Not too oh, jeez. I've, <laughs> I've seen part of that one recently, and I'm not looking forward to talking about that one. Because I saw that one, because uh, my, my, my folks, uh, they would watch the ones on Sunday mornings out of uh, Channel 4 out of Detroit. And so I got into watching, like, the 70s ones. And so then they were, like, excited when the 90s ones, the 80s, 90s ones started happening. And I remember watching, like, that Fisher Stevens one. I was a kid saying, like, oh, this is kind of neat. And then I hadn't seen it in, you know, like, 20-odd years. Um, and then watched part of the, like, beginning of that last year and was like, oh, this isn't good. This it is not ages, a good thing. It doesn't age it ages, well. It ages like a slice of American cheese and lemon juice. Bar. Yes, it does. <laughs> And that's um, being kind. It's great. That one's great because it's about uh, Hollywood. <laughs> he's a Hollywood hotshot. <laughs> I know. Well, he's kind of like Steven Spielberg, right, who did Steven an episode Spielberg. of that, which is ridiculous, but it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, we'll right. get to it. I'm not looking forward to it. Um, so, I gave you a bunch of choices. Uh, Robert Culp wants to talk about from the 70s, and you were like, no, this one, I want to, I want to look, I want to watch this one, I want to talk about this one. Why this one? Yeah, well, I'd never seen it, but I it was detective versus detective, so I yeah. thought it would be uh, uh, I thought it'd be something interesting. I didn't realize it was the second episode that ever aired, right? Which which makes it interesting. Yeah, which I I, I was thinking about that watching it. Um, it's like the first one people saw was that crazy Spielberg one. So then your second episode out of the gate of this new show is this thing, which is still really. Interesting and crazy and good, and so yeah, I mean, I could see why people got hooked on the show after this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's also very stylish, like filmatically stylish. That's what they, and like and like talking about the '90s ones. Like watching this one just made me even more frustrated about those. This one just visually is so interesting. There's so much weird stuff in it, and it seems like when they moved to the '90s ones and they brought it back. They decided to ignore that and just make them look like Murder, She Wrote episodes. And didn't have all, like, the kind of film-type stuff that made it really interesting in the 70s that made it a really good show back then. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, f- I really felt like the director was free to experiment, and just goofy ideas that don't necessarily work. They do. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just so, like, so off the wall, like well, like him, like him, the cover-up in his glasses, which is probably, yes. like... Yes, let's talk about the, that, because the that's... The most awesome thing in the whole episode. <laughs> that like, is It amazing. totally doesn't work. It takes you out of it, but then it draws you back in. Yes. Yeah. The whole time you're going, like... I'm totally aware of this device, but what a great way to, like, get this garbage out of the way. Yeah, it's insane to do that because it's like, okay, so, well, I mean, the weirdness is, okay, so. um, Take a drink. Yes. So, basically, uh, he kills her, heat of the moment thing, hadn't planned to, uh, hits this woman, backhands her, she falls backward, hits her head on a table, but then there's this crazy thing where they superimpose shards of glass falling in front of his face as he's realizing that she's mm-hmm. that he's killed her and then it just holds on this close-up of robert culp's face with his george hw bush glasses forever and each lens of the glass is just different parts of him trying to cover up the murder like cleaning up the crime scene putting her body in the trunk and you think it's going to last, like, oh, I'll do this like a couple minutes, but it goes on for so long. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's practically It's practically a whole episode. Yes, it's amazing. Show. It's a, it's, I love it. It's great. It's like if Law & Order was a show about, like, was broadcast in a right glass lens where the law happens. Yeah. And a left glass lens where the order happens. Yeah. I, I ended up watching that probably six times, the most recent viewing, even oh, though it's I've seen amazing. this episode before. Because so much is going on in the glasses. Yes. <laughs> and you don't know exactly. It's like, oh, is are you watching him kind of plan out how he's right. going to hide the murder? Or are you watching exactly what happens? There's like both somehow. Yeah, I think I think we're seeing him consider everything using his in, his experience as a high-priced detective. Uh-huh. He's figuring out everything he's going to need to do to hide the murder. Yeah. But also that's going to be everything he did ultimately. Yeah. Oh my God. It, it, it's nuts. And it's like, but what I, what I love about that. Oh, I'm sorry. You continue. You, you, no, no, please, please. What I love about this character though, is that he's not a very good detective or no. very smart. No, he's no. just the guy who, who <laughs> blackmails his clients, wives into finding information about his clients. Yes. And that's, how he, that's how he gets power. Well, I mean, he's this, he's this guy who has this, like, uh, really, really elaborate, uh, very wealthy, very successful security detective company, and yet his beach house, he leaves all of the doors unlocked. <laughs> so well, people just was... walk in and make drinks. Like, what? Why would you not be paranoid enough to lock your own fucking doors? It was 1971. I think Malibu was like the Wild West. It was practically <laughs> the Wild West back then. I'm, I'm kind of serious. Like, it was kind of an out-and-about kind of place where, like... He was hoping swingers would just kind of pop in yeah. to his house when he comes home at night to work. Oh, hey, there's an orgy going on. Great. Yeah, this is this is still like a year before the Manson murders, right? Oh, so there we go. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. Not, hadn't put the fear into rich Californians yet. <laughs> uh, you know what I, I really adore about that scene is... Having established that he, even though they don't explicitly say so, having established uh, that he has a network of blackmailed wives, uh, he's he reacts when he's confronted by one of these wives, much like men who prey on women do, which is all the pretense of control just drops, oh. and it's just pure anger, and he lashes out, making him... If I'm not mistaken, one of the very few Columbo murderers who doesn't plan the murder. Yeah, I found that really interesting, too. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The lack of premeditation and just, like, the cover-up. The, the dude's only going to get 10 years in jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just take it. Take it, Bob. Right. <laughs> but I love uh, – I got these on the screen caps. They'll go up on the Tumblr a little after the episode. Uh, but when he's – hitting her when he's pulling back and, and getting ready for the swing, his face is furious. It's oh, my God, yeah, pass. it's frightening. It's such a brutal... Because up to that point, he's so calm and strange, mm-hmm. and then he starts becoming kind of a jerk, but then all of a sudden <laughs> it goes from, like, zero to brutal. To furious. And then he's just then, like, oh, my God, yeah, it just it's disturbing. When they're doing the the overlay of the glass falling, and he's walking, he's looking over the body and walking up towards it, he looks like a little kid. He looks like he just broke something he's going to get in trouble for. Yeah, yeah. It's a Robert Culp 
is fantastic. Oh, he's amazing he in this. such a good job in this. He's so good. I wish he hadn't been in one of the biggest barkers of the 70s. Which one? Columbus. Which one? Which one does she like from the seventy? Which one is? Uh, that? Do we want to? Let's you want to save that for the last for the end so let people guess. Yeah, sure. I, I, There's whatever. three Robert Culp episodes. There, this one I think I love. I think it's the best. I think your favorite is uh, the one where he does. He's like the filmmaker who does the yeah. uh, subliminal film stuff, and then there's one where he's like the football guy who kills Dean Stockwell. I'll just go ahead and say I don't like the football one. Yeah, that's all right. It's okay. I, I like Dean Stockwell in it, but yeah, otherwise yeah. it's kind of like yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Love to see Dean Stockwell and stuff. Oh, anyway, so great, great anyway. real variety from Culp. And actually, Culp is going to do throughout this episode some amazing pieces, especially yeah, playing off of, of Ray Milan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my other favorite scene in this episode, uh, when Columbo is finally on the case, and it's that thing with uh, he, where he first meets Culp at Ray Milan's house. Mm-hmm. It's a thing in the, the big drawing room. Or that's exactly where you see uh, Columbo figure out, like, oh, it's probably this guy. And he does... <laughs> yeah, right off the bat. Yes, love... right off the bat. He does that. That scene is amazing, because he does a thing to make them think he's an idiot by going to the closet, but right. then he turns that into a thing with the golf clubs. He then does a thing, too, with, like, uh, the weird Palm Street deal, which you find out at the end. He did that just to try to feel Culp's ring, because he had seen, like, the uh, dent... Mm-hmm. on the wife's face like that scene is just perfect and peter falk plays it so well and the other two guys just think he's an idiot mm-hmm. speaking, but there's so much that. in that it's just it's so well written too yeah. like that if you go back and watch that scene after seeing the whole episode it's all there every single bit of it is right there it, it, it it's it's just a wonderful bit of construction it's incredible well, this kind of cool thing about the, the the structure of the show, the fact that we always oh, see the murder right away, mm-hmm. and Columbo always gets it right away. Yes. So we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right off the bat. <laughs> and the thing is, like, the way it, it's usually written really well, too, where you, if you went back and watched it again, you can see, like, you can see why he would think that. It's not just, ah, oh, the character just does that because we do that. Like, nine times out of ten, it's usually set up very well script-wise where... Oh, you see why he thinks that. Mm-hmm. Like they, they do a really good job of that, I think. You know, speaking of construction and speaking of uh, Columbo doing the palmistry act just to feel the ring, Culp's ring is really subtly but uh, very presently featured in a lot of scenes leading up to the murder. Mm. There's, there's one you might remember when he flips open the, uh, the case file on Milan and his wife. He's right. got his... And it's, you just see a photo of the two of them that you're supposed to remember later because she's wearing glasses in some photos and not in others. Right. And his hand is right there in the middle of the scene, and the, the ring is super prominent. Right. Okay. So, so uh, Levinson and Link are not letting not letting anything be incidental. No. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Th- I, I mean, uh, JD, uh, mm-hmm. th- this is your your day job, your stock mm-hmm. and trade, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, script wise, story wise, how do you think this? this thing broke down. How do I think it broke down? I mean, do you think it was, like, well put together? I mean, do you think it, it was, like, it was a thing where, yeah, all the pieces were in place, they didn't take a lot of shortcuts, not a lot of filler? Because yeah, sometimes... It felt, like, it, so, it felt like solid gold to me. I can never feel if, if anything's well done or not. I could just tell if it entertains me. Well, or, I mean, yeah, no, it does that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, But... Things like that, like the like the ring, like being seeing the ring a lot, that could have been a directorial choice. That sure. might not have been in the script at all, but the director was like, you know, they they might have had their pre-production meeting. The director, what is he? He's a Polish guy, Kowalski. Well, he he's this guy who did tons and tons of TV stuff. Did a lot of western. Like he was directing TV stuff from like the fifties uh, on. So he would have he did said, tons like, of crime shows. Did like a bu- couple bunch of bandit checks. Did a whole bunch of like uh, cowboy shows. Like he'd been directing TV like a career guy forever, pretty much. Okay, so he would have walked into the pre-production meeting and going, "Jean Dobre, eh, the ring is so important. Uh, if you don't mention in the script. We do it. We show it here. We show it there. What do you think, huh?" And they're like, "Sure, it's Columbo. We're gonna, you know, you we're gonna let you just- this five minute in the glasses thing, so yeah, show the ring more. All right, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's almost like uh, the tapes would have been. Yeah, the recordings, the tapes, and the meetings. 
mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> uh, one thing that, that that struck me, like I didn't think about, because I was like uh, thinking about uh, the setup for this, uh, where it, it's such a great idea. Where okay, you're a guy who runs mm-hmm. a detective agency. You murder someone, and then you're assigned to help solve the murder that you committed. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, that's a great setup. And it reminded me of something else, and then I only made the connection, like, a little while later. It's like, uh, that you guys ever see this uh, film from the 40s called The Big Clock? No. No. It's the, the, the setup is, this guy, he's an editor of some, like, um, crime magazine that does a lot of true crime stuff. He meets this woman, he hates his boss, he has a couple drinks to her after work, goes back to her apartment, they're hanging out. He leaves. The woman is murdered, but all the clues lead to him. The next day, his boss knew the woman, wants this guy to investigate the murder that he's going to be accused of. Hmm. The star of that film? Ray Milland. Oh, nice. So it's like kind of the same setup, except you know, Ray Milland didn't do it in that case. But it's like kind of the similar thing where you're asked to investigate the murder that you're obviously going to be found the culprit of. And so, yeah, I thought that was kind of... I mean, like, that, I don't know if... Maybe they chatted about it in the set. Probably not. I yeah. have no idea. Uh, you know, the interesting <clears throat> thing about that, that structure they set up here, too, is that uh, Culp's character is meant to have put himself on the case. Oh, or he, he insisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He calls up and says, listen, I hear what's going on. Wouldn't hurt to have two sets of hands on this. That That is additionally sinister. Oh, mm-hmm. it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, but also, it did him in. Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. Because, because like, the, the cheating thing was such a non-factor for the husband. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, oh, she's not cheating. Oh, great. Then, oh, probably may never have suspected the guy. But the guy put himself right there because, as all Columbo villains are, he's super cocky and feels like he can... Well, I know, but then Columbo does a great job of making himself, like you said, seem kind of goofy. So they completely discount him. But then when Culp realizes he's actually kind of going to be a problem, it's too late, where he offers him the job at his detective agency, and Columbo has that question like, so if I work for you, am I going to be taking off the Kennecut case? (laughs) And then that's when he realizes, like, oh, that's why you're doing this. Because you fucking did it. Yeah, He could could not have been more transparent in that scene. Oh, I know! That was so terrible and stupid of him. Yeah, but he was desperate, yeah. I mean, his desperation was so obvious, he was just like... He could barely get his food down, just like mm-hmm. yep. throwing this out. He clearly didn't really want to offer this guy a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably paying this guy more than he pays everybody else. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I can, uh, I can help you out with that. It was a thirty thousand dollar a year salary that he which, was which, pitched. And in nineteen seventy one, what was that? In nineteen seventy one, compared to today, it's a hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Holy shit! That's a nice <laughs> wow, you know, I, I would, thought... I would Columbo not say he'd go for it. I wish that I wish that he had given him a number, because I feel like when he asked the guy how much he made, mm. that he was trying to establish that the guy made like way less than mm. what he was offering Columbo to make it even more of a bribe. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That poor bastard who was just like uh, taking Columbo on the uh, tour and then just <laughs> got screamed at. He was so happy to like hang out with Columbo, though. That oh, I know, the... yeah. It's like, when oh, he hey, heard... here's a real cop who does this stuff day yeah. to day. This is great. Oh, and hey, uh, they offered you a job? Welcome to the family. Right, yeah. He was totally cool. He's just filling up coffee pots. <laughs> and taking you know, Columbo, see, uh, yeah. Before we get too far away from the dinner scene, um, I, I genuinely love the tie falling into the soup. Oh, I didn't, know, I didn't notice that. Oh, you you must watch it again. Uh, it's a <laughs> apparently it was a, a, a slightly improvised thing where when Columbo's leaning over the table to talk to Culp, he drops his tie in the soup, and Culp just discreetly reaches out, picks it up, and kind of uh, disgruntledly shakes it off. I didn't even notice that. Okay, I got it. It's a good bit of business. All right, I noticed it. Yeah, like it was it was nice. it soup or tomatoes or something. But yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. And he just he does it with this sort of like mild annoyance, like clearly he'd be yelling at him if he were not trying to soft soap him. Right. Ah. Uh, Boy, how do you cook this? Oh, this, this is great. <laughs> that's the thing I love too. It, that that's a classic. Uh, there's a lot of really good classic Columbo bits in there. 
Um, and and with it being like such an early episode, and that that's a huge one where he's delivering important uh, information to the murderer, and then will just stop and just obsess over something else that's insignificant just to piss the person off. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got this report back. Like, oh, this fish is great. I got to get this recipe. I'll send the recipe to you. What? What did you hear? Like, or, to no. force them, or to force them into a, a desperation move. Like, yeah. you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he backs him into a Like, when, he's, when he pops back into the, the limo when they're exhuming the wife's body. Oh, my God, that's great. And yeah. he just flat out says, God, I wish the killer knew about this. Yes. Which is delightful beyond belief. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, uh, speaking of things that are very typically Columbo being the second, I think actually this is the first television episode that was filmed. And it was, oh, broadcast, okay. it was broadcast second. So this is their first going that isn't a movie. This is the first TV episode. Oh. And there's, there's a couple things Columbo does that he doesn't really do. And I don't know if it's just because the opportunity didn't come up or they decided it wasn't part of his character. N- number one is is reassuring one of the suspects and telling him why, which is fantastic. You think you would just keep your plate full. There's no reason to tell a guy that he's not the suspect of a oh, murder. Oh, golf pro. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. golf pro, yeah. yeah just keep, him, him. keep him in your back pocket. You might need it later. Well, no, he does, he does, he's done that other times, though, too. Where, does he? Yeah, where he just... Tell so like someone's kind of worried like oh you think I did he's like no I know you didn't do it because I know this jerk did it no he <laughs> yeah, there have been there have been other episodes s- where he's done that yeah yeah I've seen that I've seen where he says he knows who did and that it, but... that's what that that's what this reminded me of like the golf pro where he tells him like no you're not under suspicion don't worry about it and the other thing is uh, but with the golf pro I'm sorry real quick okay. with the golf pro he did put the fear of God in him. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, yeah. By being awesome at golf out of nowhere, <laughs> which is great. And he really is. Peter Falk apparently just loves golf. Oh, really? Great. Well, as you know, I'm reading his biography, which oh, I okay. picked up. Yeah, I, I got to see that sometime. Oh, yeah, good uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, he was he has a, a great story leading up to his the first time he was arrested uh, in, in Havana as a revolutionary. This is legit, apparently. Wait, what? Wait. Peter Falk was briefly arrested in Havana before the revolution as a revolutionary. What? That's awesome. He was on Crazy. a movie set. He was on a movie set in Miami. He was playing a uh, a crook who was hiding out in the swamp. So he had this enormous beard and shaggy hair. And they weren't. They kept pushing back his shooting schedule. So he was just playing golf for like six hours a day every day. Weird. And then one day he decided, I'll fly over to Cuba. Yeah, as you do. This is before the embargo. So he flew over to Cuba, right. was yeah, just yeah. walking around, got arrested in the middle of the street for having shaggy beard and long hair because they thought he was one of Castro's revolutionaries coming down from the hill to scout out possible vulnerabilities. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Which is super crazy. And like they figured it out, they let him go, and then two weeks later, the revolution happened. Weird. Yeah. All right. Walt's got a good life. Anyway, the other thing that uh, seemed a little out of place, although I... I Thinking about it, maybe I'm wrong here, because we know that Columbo invades a lot of personal space in order to do his his investigation. Yeah, but it's it seemed exceptionally strange, and maybe it's the times for him to just approach someone's unattended child. That one was weird. That was a weird, and then scene. just start pushing him on the swing again. I don't know if that's just because it's the time it is, and we're very aware of stranger danger. She was alarmed, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, yeah. It was. It was it obvious was. that wasn't. That was a little untoward. That wasn't the best thing. That was weird. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. It was weirdly aggressive for Columbo. Not yeah. like not sly. It was just straight up kind of a weird power play. Well, which even which even brings up to like that. Okay, that's Why am I saying scene. weird so much now? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, in my head. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> like related to that, that whole storyline with that guy, that guy with the crew cut that becomes such a big uh, story oh, point yeah. who works for Robert Culp's agency. Leo, I believe. Yeah, Leo. Yeah, yeah. Um, they bring up the fact that, Cult, that, 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 that Columbo's looking for him, and then Culp calls him and tells him he has to take care of some kind of business. To me, watching it, it implied that he was going to have to take care of that uh... Uh, golf pro, and it was going to be super legal. 
Mm. Uh, but that wasn't it. The guy, the character, and that entire story thread just sort of disappears. Yeah, he like, does. I didn't realize until I was, what, then the episode, like, wait, what happened with that guy? Oh, so I guess yeah, he, he was just trying to get him out of the way, get him out of the country so Columbo couldn't question him, I guess? Yeah, but it seemed a lot it. more sinister the way they set it up. It seemed a bit more sinister. It seemed like there was something else that was going to happen with that, which I thought that was that was one thing in this episode where I thought it was like, that was a little weird and clumsy-ish. I don't know. It, it, it was clumsy-ish, but I, I, I got it. It, 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 okay. did tease, it did tease, like... Yeah. This big mean guy. If he wasn't such a big mean looking guy, right? Yeah, that was the he thing. He was just poorly cast. Like, yes. if he was such a mean looking guy, exactly. Would have you would have just thought, oh, uh, it's another detective. Uh, by the by, the swing scene with the kid in the swing, you real I I you know you realize, oh, Culp just had to get this guy out of the country, right? right. Okay. Talk to him. And then Columbo's like, geez, this is this is so easy. This is the easiest <laughs> case I've ever been in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought they. I thought they were Mike. What is it, Mike Armentrout uh, from Breaking Bad? I thought they were Mike Armentrouting the guy. I thought they were going to have wow. just like this super hit man show up, or at the very least, put a clock on the second half of the of the film. Because if there's a guy out there now gunning for the golf pro or Columbo, possibly, right, that puts a real timer on getting Culp arrested, right. Okay. Which you kind of don't need. But. No. Yeah, that's not really Columbo, is it? There's never that. It's always a, uh, a slow, relaxed uh, the, kind of meandering the through one a time, Like the one time that kind of happened was uh, with William Shatner in the 90s, which is weird. Yeah. Of all people. There's a few who try, like uh, the next episode we're discussing, Lady in Waiting. Uh, that episode, <laughs> spoilers, that episode Man. will have a scene where the murderer comes very close to killing Columbo. Just, like, uncomfortably close. Oh, I forgot about that part. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Again. So, okay. All right. Well, so, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to Columbo almost getting murdered. Great. <laughs> you could, we could, I'm sure we <laughs> could do hilarious. a master shot of Columbo almost getting murdered. Yes. Or his wife getting fake murdered. <laughs> you know, the. Uh, I'll tell you, too, that... Um, <clears throat> I've forgotten his name now. Marvin Marvin Go, I think it is, who does, who plays Leo in this episode will be on Columbo a second time uh, in the most crucial game, which, of course, is one of the Columbo oh, really? episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And if, if you like playing the same guy, go ahead. Weird. All right. Uh, not playing the same guy. But, but you yeah. can't want. Um, oh, if you want to talk about other casting stuff, one that's kind of an awesome casting thing is um, that when you first see Columbo in this episode, uh, he's driving his uh, awful car. And he gets pulled over by the traffic cop because his uh, uh, taillight is busted. His uh, turn signal is busted. The guy playing the traffic cop, he's a stunt driver, stunt coordinator named... Uh, I didn't write down his name. But he's the guy who completely designed the uh, car chases for Bullet and the French Connection. He's uh, the greatest. He's the greatest. Which is amazing. Stunt coordinator of all time. That's incredible. Yeah, like, he did. I, I looked yeah. it up. Like, who who is a cop? That seems like that's somebody. And then you see what he did, and that's oh well, that's it. You do those two things, uh, you can just dine on that for the rest of your life because those are incredible. Yeah, Bill Hicks went, to, Bill he went to Mount Hollywood, and then the King of Hollywood was like, "Hey, what do you want to do? <laughs> yes. you, want? you want to be a movie star? And make the next Steve Queen? What do you want?" Oh my god. I want to play a cop uh, in Colombo. Just because, put me on one of your mystery shows and let me be like a, a chip. Because like one of those, one of those would be okay, but both of those. And I guess there was like some other yeah. uh, Roy Scheider film he did after French Connection, which uh, I've never heard of and I've never seen, which I want to see that one too, because apparently that car chase, car scene in that one is even better than the other two. It he makes was you also, want to like find uh, that. He was also the stunt coordinator for Hickey and Boggs. Oh, well, in that case. Which is the, the film, the, the contemporary noir that Bill Cosby and Robert Culp did. Oh, jeez. What? Wait, what, oh, what he the loves hell? Is... He loves Robert Culp. What he is this? Wait, 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 what's this? Wait, what? Is it he... possible that he's Robert Culp's stunt double? Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> in, every day in real life? Yeah. <laughs> All the time, 24-7. Bill Hickman has nothing else to do. Yeah, Hickey, Hickey and Boggs. It's, I've never heard of this. It's, uh, it's Cosby and Culp not playing their Ice Spike characters and not playing Kelly and Scotty. What year was this they did this? 72? So, 73? So it's not that far removed oh, from no, no, Ice no, Spy. Really so short, people still remembered Ice Spy when they said, like, 
Oh, these two dudes yeah. are doing another thing. All right, whatever. But this project was probably like a, hey, remember I Spy? It'd be fun to get these guys back together again. Yeah. Hey, but if you got them back together again, come see Hickey and Boggs. Which, that, <laughs> that title is terrible, but all right. Well, well Culp, Culp, was the, Culp directed it. Oh. And it is, it's a super dark, noir, very grim film with a lot of, like, you know, prostitution and, and murder and... Yeah, I've only. So I tried I, going like serious on. Stuff. Oh yeah, it's super super serious. Uh, I don't know. That's it's problem. It's intriguing. I haven't seen it in about ten years, and I would love to give it another shot. I'm guessing these days it's probably not going to be. Uh, no one's going to be wanting to distribute that. I can't find it too yeah. soon. Yeah, probably. I want to talk about. I want to talk about this Columbo being pulled over scene for a second. Yes, please. Because I think you know you talk, Here's where I, I sort of see. I sort of see how the meat's made. And I love it because yeah. it's just—it's that scene is just—it seems like a Columbo character scene. Like oh this, yeah, definitely. This goofball guy he can't get his stuff together. Doesn't even can't even get his taillights fixed properly. And he's so polite and nice about it too. Right, and so you just like you're getting a feel for who Columbo is, not knowing we're going to see him taking care of that ticket later on. And getting the aha moment that's going to help right. solve the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so it good. Like it does, that scene was like probably backwards it. engineered. Like once they realized, yeah. you know, he she he could fool him into um, looking for her contact lens. How would he? Oh, if he was like at the DMV and somebody was taking. Okay, so then like, how do we get him at the DMV? Nice. Oh, pull yes. over to a cop on the way to the crime. Okay, good. Done. Yeah, because it's great. Because yeah, it sets up. Even more of Columbo being this nice, humble guy who's just oh yeah, 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 definitely. Mm-hmm. The uh, apparently that scene almost didn't get filmed because Falk hated it. What? What? He he thought this is the story that that was passed on in uh, what is it Levinson's bio? Okay, Levinson's memoir, which is that uh, Falk thought it was too much. Oh, and he was arguing who drives around with a broken headlight. Nobody this and this. This story might be apocryphal. Keep that in mind. But he was saying, uh, who drives around with a broken headlight? Nobody drives around with a broken headlight. They argued about it around the set when they went to lunch, during lunch, and walking back from lunch, where they passed Falk's Jaguar, which had a broken headlight. There you go. <laughs> and Falk apparent, and I believe what Falk said was, I rescind my argument. Uh, so that's how they got the scene in, which is good. Because it's like a great scene, yeah. It really is. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And it's Well, it, it's a... Per, like. Yeah, like like you said, JD, it, it's it sets up that later thing perfectly. But then also, yeah, it, it's perfect for establishing even, especially the second episode in, Columbo is being like this kind of like, oh, just really sort of nice guy that you don't take entirely seriously. And yeah, so it's always so important to see Columbo in his stupid little car. And I love oh, that yes, he still is. has it in the eighties and nineties. I know that they kept the thing. They kept this goddamn thing. And it's even he still has shame. the same dog in the eighties and nineties. I know it's not dead yet. Dog is four hundred years old. Yep. Oh my um. God. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of great scenes, I want to go back to Culp, mm-hmm. who on two different occasions just I think you know breaks out that casual actor shtick. Where like really good actors can just act really well in a brush off way, mm-hmm. and it's when he's he's in the limo with Milan and he's trying to get Milan to stop listening to Columbo, and gets shot down. And oh, he oh just, with the, the the exclamation thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he mumbles his dissent. Right. And he just kind of goes, "Yeah, all right, fine, sure." Just yeah. hu- which is great. That's a nice mm-hmm. bit of talking over and a nice bit of business. And then at the very end. When he confesses to the murder, and I think RJ, this was your oh yeah, no that standout is, scene it's, too. It's such a sad thing that last scene. Yeah, he yeah. just breaks. He just starts to crumble. When he starts with it was an accident, I didn't mean for it to happen, and then his ex- his explanations get shorter and less meaningful until it gets down to it happened. Yeah, he just says it happened. That's it. And mm-hmm. the thing is, like the camera is not that. That's some amazing bit of directing too, because. The camera's not even on him. When he says it happened, you're watching old Ray Milland sadly walking across a plank of wood over some, like, a gap in a garage, Mm. like, far off. And you're just hearing him say that. And the guy whose wife has been murdered by this asshole is just kind of like, he's barely listening to him. You see him walk. Oh, my God. it's, It's great. I thought this Ray Milan character was really interesting for Columbo as well. Yes. I don't, I, I don't feel like 
you often see like a very sympathetic like spouse of a victim that you're no. like they're really making you feel for him. Oh no, and you yeah, really yeah, did you give like bad. an affecting performance where you're like, Jesus guy, and they really did have something good going, and it was just uh-huh. like it was cool, kind of great. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, you know? and it's it's so sad how it turned out because even if he was well, here's the thing though, he's given the false hope uh, by Culp for really selfish, terrible reasons beginning, but then it turns out his wife does want to make a go of it, but then she's killed. And that fit of rage, mm-hmm. and so they're robbed of that. And I've, it's, yeah. it's just, and it's also, Ugh. I guess my my point is too. It's just an interesting emotional note to play in a Columbo episode because it's usually like the fear and paranoia of the murderer mm-hmm. that that we're sort of invested in through right. the whole thing. Like the murderer is always a protagonist, and we're scared of Columbo. Yes. and like we feel the protagonism, and we're not asked to like make any other emotional investment. But in this episode, we also invest in this uh, this husband, and I did, and I felt for him, and no, I felt I bad, but uh, and I love that his wife's name was Lenore, because <laughs> it's a sad '70s wife name. Yeah, it's a great '70s sad <laughs> wife name. Like, like if my if I was married in the '70s, and my wife was murdered. I guarantee her name would be Lenore. <laughs> oh, Lenore! Oh, the it's, a, it's a, the woman from the Raven. Oh. Oh my Lenore! Well, I mean, from the start, when oh, you see when you see him with Columbo, he's just this all business guy in the hospital. Like I've seen my wife; that's enough. And there's a great shot of the um, uh, corner, like shutting the drapes so that like, the screen goes black. And then he cuts. I think I think he like cuts right to the the cheap cup of coffee in the lobby of the hospital, in the waiting room mm-hmm. that Columbo then gives him, and he's just all business, like. Here's the thing, you're going to suspect me first, but I was here, 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 because oh, I've seen all the stuff, because I've owned newspapers, and I've probably done terrible things in my life, and I've seen <laughs> terrible things in my life, I've done illegal, corrupt things, this is what you need, <laughs> find my wife, there you go, that's it. But, yeah, then he still, it. Just... but then he still thanks him for the coffee, he thanks uh-huh. him for that little bit of kindness, right. which is and I wonderful. Thought, like, yeah, the most affecting thing of that, too, was like, Columbo leaves... And he just sits there with yes. his coffee. This is yes. fucking Murdoch. Yes, exactly. Like, this is a powerful newspaper, yes. man. And he's just sitting in a, what was it, the morgue? Just sitting there oh, with yeah, a yeah, cup yeah. of just cheap coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, it's terrible. That's really interesting, too, because typically the Columbo model is it's Columbo versus rich, spoiled people who are used to getting their own ways. But this one's fine. He's a good and guy. He, and th- yeah, this one he's standing. He's he's speaking for this guy. He's really yes. going out of the way for this guy. Mm-hmm. And the enemy is instead of being a who's he's wealthy, admittedly, and he thinks he can buy his way out of problems. But I th- I was wondering if like the the uh, the contrast was hardworking, street level, you know, impoverished, doing it for the benefit of people, cop versus slick agency with uh, extra legal activities. I think it's it's maybe the first one I've seen where it's really just been cops versus privatized cops. Yeah, no, that was interesting too because actually I was going to bring that up because the whole scene where the whole sequence where uh, Columbo is uh, touring the place, it's all these guys looking almost like FBI agents in their like um, gray suits, short haircuts, everybody nice and neat. The first time you see Columbo at that place at the the, uh, the Brimmer's agency. Which, actually, I think, too, you never find out uh, Robert Culp's character's first name. It's always just Brimmer. Is that true? Yes. Wow. They never right. say it. It's just mm. Brimmer or Mr. Brimmer. That's it. You're right. All right. But, like, um... I'm going to guess it's Baxter. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Looks like a Baxter. Uh, but, like, the first time you see uh, Columbo at his agency, he's in the gun range, and he's flinching and uncomfortable at seeing them firing the guns. And so then when they get upstairs to test, like, the whole fancy security setup where it's going to detect the, the guns uh, going to Burmer's office, uh, there's no alarm because Columbo never carries a gun. And yet the mm-hmm. very first time you see anything in this episode, it's Robert Culp firing multiple rounds, just firing the gun, just being violent, like, the very first thing in the episode. So it's like this that great would... contrast between Robert, Robert Culp as this ex-cop and Columbo is this current cop, is the better detective who is this kind of like shies away from the violence, shies away from the guns, and then ends up just beating him in the end, which I thought was interesting. That was a really interesting choice for for a first shot 
in oh, the show weird. that's about a guy accidentally slapping a woman to death. Yes. Is to have him just like shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting over uh-huh. and over again. Yeah. yeah, and like make a comment about how the the gun is technically deficient. And yes. Like, uh, it is a dog's really, leg. Yeah. yeah. I don't get, I, you know, I don't understand why that was there, but uh, I guess it's just to show he's a violent guy, but it, I don't know. It's just weird, especially in the context of uh, the gun issue today. Yeah. It just doesn't quite, I don't get it. I don't, it, it's I don't just, it's, it throws you off. It's disturbing and kind of weird, and yeah. It does not make you like him anymore, which helps. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, okay, this guy is uh, kind of a jerk. Yeah, does he do a single likable thing in the entire episode? You think you you're tricked into thinking he does. At the beginning, you yeah. think he's kind of okay in that he's like, "Ah, oh, well, you know, I'm a bit of a moralist. Some say uh-huh. it's a weakness. I've seen so many terrible uh, marriages come across here get ruined." So you think like, "Oh, he's kind of an okay guy." Until it's like the close up on her going through the door, she's like, "I'm grateful." And then you hear him say off camera, how grateful. And then that's right. when it just mm-hmm. all completely turns. Mm-hmm. Because up to now, you, you think, think it's, like, it's you, okay. You, you think it might be a sexual thing, too. It's really yes, right. Oh, that's totally implied. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but then it's just like business is sex. Just like what? It's a different kind of violation. Yep. Feels yes. Really terrible. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Such Man, a terrible good, guy. Good analysis there, guys. <laughs> it's so terrible. Inter- internet high fives all around. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um. Well, so, oh, so you, uh, JD, you just, uh, just recently brought up an interesting thing uh, about uh, protagonists versus antagonists, and I was going to bring up because uh, you've not heard the show before. Uh, John and I each have uh, stupid crackpot uh, yeah. meta theories about Columbo, uh, and this one I think really applies to them both, actually. Um, and to introduce to to kind of bring that up. I would totally watch a show from the 1970s where Robert Culp is this guy, Brenner, who runs a high-energy detective agency. Because every week, you've got different clients, and you got, like, B&C stories where you've got, like, the people who work for him doing stuff. Good locations. He'd probably yes, do a lot of locations. great locations, mm-hmm. stuff going all over the world. But then you get to the point where uh, Brenner uh, decides he has to kill someone, and that's where John's theory comes in. Yeah, it's uh, just for reiteration, if no one's heard it, and J.D. hasn't, uh, the idea is that what if television were an organism and these shows represented the uh, the individual cells, and uh, if as long as cells and organs and such are working fine, there's no reason for antibodies to come into play. But when one starts to go cancerous and, say, the hero of a show starts to go rogue, that's when Columbo shows up to put the, put the hero of the show away so that it basically excises the cancerous growth and saves the body. That's right, to save yeah. television. So you got the guy who starts, the guy who's a, the head of, who could have some TV show starts killing people, then Columbo comes in. Yeah, and you then you never that. remember, then the TV show they start and you don't remember it. I don't remember uh, Inspector Brenner. Brenner. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's because smiling, Columbo... That's a, that's a lovely theory. I... But uh, I'll counter it this way. Oh. Everybody is shown to be so despicable at the beginning, so unlikable, like right off the bat. That couldn't be a show. That that couldn't be a show. But there is a version of that that is a show where you maybe wouldn't see that display. Like, if if, uh, Robert Culp as Bremer was a protagonist in a show about a slick detective who has a big agency, the newspaper guy would be a piece of shit. And he'd be oh, yeah. taken down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the opposite, though. Yeah. But it do feel like I do agree. With, I agree with your theory in that every character would make an interesting show if he wasn't a piece of shit. Well, that's my okay. So my my theory is, Columbo is not the protagonist of his own show. It's an anthology series. Yes, each of the murderers. They are the protagonists because Absolutely. they're actually enacting the change. They've got some sort of situation in their lives where they decide, "I've got to take action to change this thing in my life," and that's usually a mur- well, that's always a murderer, a murder. And so then Columbo comes in as the antagonist mm-hmm. to kind of ruin that and break that down. They've got to fight against that, but they never succeed. Mm-hmm. So that's, really my, like to, that's my crackpot theory. I like to think of him as the tritagonist, that he's not necessarily in opposition. But he throws a lot of shit the protagonist's way. Mm. So while the while the protagonist is trying to just like get from A to B, 
there's Columbo just throwing this up in front of them, this up in front of them. Because we, we established time and again, the the murderer always trips themselves up. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just falls into Columbo's waiting arms but every it's always, time. But it's always kind of like implied that any lesser investigator, because, I mean, you see sometimes that there's other guys in the police department yeah. who are kind of like, what, that's nothing, forget about it. So anybody else who would be, like any other cop from a different cop show would not notice any of this or not notice like the really small like wouldn't notice the um uh the erosion from the salt air on right. Robert's yeah. car oh, God, that's which great. is what yeah. tricks him up initially along with the stuff in the uh, the uh, Ray Milan study like those other people wouldn't notice that but it's always like this one guy this one cop that everyone thinks is this goofy idiot is the one who just completely trips it up and just yeah, I don't know. God, that that fact, man, facts like that in detective shows blow my mind. I know. Like, I would never know exactly like, how to put that yeah, story together like that. There's two ways to do it. There's either yeah. like, okay, so what? Okay, researchers. <laughs> I, don't yeah. know these, I don't know who these people are. Right. Because I worked on an hour long, but that, they may exist. Uh, but like researchers, figure out anything that's distinctive about vehicles. That are constantly parked by the ocean. Yes, or exactly. it's just, or it's just the rich, the rich head writer just like knew that. Oh, uh, my my tires are always dingy because of the sea air. Oh, we should, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just a crazy detail. It's it's just so great. Oh, no, it's it's, it's this weird, crazy, frustrating thing where like you wonder like how the hell do you? And it could be something like they hear somebody talking about some weird thing that happened to them or some friend of theirs, and it just tricks some sort of thing in their brain, like, oh, hey, but that could maybe lead to a murder, and, like, then they just... Yeah, I, I, yeah. Sort of, I sort of yeah. always assume it's like that. You just, you what you know, you notice somebody's chewing a pencil, and then you think, oh, that'd be a great clue in a crime, and you kind of build the story around it. Yes. Well, so, I mean, it's just like you, the thing you brought up, J.D., about, like, the fact that they maybe started backward from him being at the DMV to realize a thing and then had to figure out the earlier scene from that. Mm-hmm. So like, or, well, how did we get him to be at that point? Oh, well, we write that scene yeah. in, which supports it, this, and then you just build everything. Ah, yeah, I almost feel like nuts. it started with, it started with, like, I read an article about a lady who was murdered and her contact lens was found at the murder scene. Yes. Like, yeah. that's where it came from. Right. So then from there, they probably went, okay, so how could Columbo make that thing? Where do people, like, Get eye exams. Oh, the DMV, and then oh, how are right. we? Oh, because we see him get a ticket. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Well, actually, uh, look, I, I was actually bringing up the uh, the contact lens. There's a bit of ambiguity. So, do you think? So, did Columbo and the cops did they plant that absolutely lens in there, or was absolutely. it? You never, or you never just, happened never. to be there one in there, and he's like, yeah, I know how it got in there. Like Peter he was Falk kind of went, saying. He I didn't know so how it got in there because, yeah. He went so dark, just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Who knows? Who knows what contact lens that is? Right, yeah. yeah. He's, when he says that and then follows up with lying about, you know, wrecking the car, although then, like, discreetly letting Milan know that, yeah, of course I, I was right. the guy who wrecked the car, that was also tangentially saying, oh, and of course I know whose contact lens that is. Right. He's, he was basically admitting, yeah, the whole thing's a setup, but. What am I going to do? Say that it was a setup? But but the thing is also legally, is that really a good case? It's not entrapment. I don't think it's the best one. If the cops say, you know, <laughs> we actively we actively planted this evidence for him to find, right? I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. I think I think Columbo could tell the story on the stand, and it's fair. I, w- like, I would love to see that. I would love oh if God. they had done that to see like a series of scenes of him having testified in those cases over the years would have been amazing to see. Yeah, like Columbo getting law in the, order. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been great. Just him trying to get into the into the witness stand would be hilarious. He pushed the door the wrong way and get his coat caught in <laughs> because, it. Because you know he would have been like really laying it on thick. Like yeah. doing the same mm-hmm. thing to the jury that he does to the people that he's trying to convince... Like he's kind of like, oh, I'm just this humble guy. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, sure. But then there'd be like that. Well, those one or two questions where he just freaking laser sharp 
Yeah. I assume he'd exactly, like, yeah. take his cigar out several times and the judge would have to keep reminding him. Yes. And yeah. smoke in the court. Be like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot, Your Honor. It right? would be charming beyond belief, but he's yeah. very rarely in a courtroom. Although yeah. I will say again, the next episode we're reviewing, he's Lady in a courtroom. He's in a courtroom. I, yeah. I have not seen this one in like. You got to sit down and watch it because we're going to talk about it. Next I know week. next week we're talking about it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I got to watch that again. Take some notes. All right, I'm going to be surprised pleasantly, hopefully. Um, man, this one I was, I, I saw it a while ago. I was surprised how much I liked it again. This might be one of my favorite episodes. I think. Yeah, I'd, this I'd, one's this is wonderful. This is I put it way, way, way the heck up there. It was incredible. Why did we wait so long to do a cult? I don't. It just didn't come up yet. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, we did Magoon. We did. Uh, we uh, let we let we let the the guests pick. Crazy if the, guests, and, if the yeah. guests don't pick, then we pick something we think is appropriate for them, and then we just didn't have a cult before. Well, now. and and so thank you, JD, for wanting yeah. to talk about a Robert Culp one. You finally forced us into it. Uh, like 30 episodes into this thing. And it's always great watching an early episode in yes. context of the of the whole to sort of see the see the sort of the uh, the rust, not the rust, but like just sort of like the, the goo that's shaken off as the show becomes a lean, mean machine. But the, the goo, there wasn't that the much of it, the though. Goo, but the goo's also not necessarily a bad thing. No, you know? but there's like, like this one, there wasn't so much of the goo. Like yeah. this is like a lot of it's there. Which is mm. crazy that they had so much of it there kind of fully formed. It's like the second episode in. It, it's nuts. That they knew what they were doing that early. It's crazy. Well, I mean, they had a couple movies behind them, so they didn't well, have I know, but still, it wasn't like a full series yet. It was uh-huh. still, you never know. Like, they could have been canceled halfway through. Who knows? Like, halfway through the first season. But still, they knew, like, this is the guy... This is what well, we're doing. Actually, the uh, the first was it six episodes of this season uh, were so hot they pushed to do a seventh. Weird. Yeah. Nice. Apparently, this was just a huge hit right out of the gate. You know what? Good for uh, America in the first couple of years, of the nineteen seventies. You recognized <laughs> a quality show. Good for it's you, a, America. Columbo's a lovely character. He's really different. He wasn't. Oh, he's gorgeous. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Well, it, it's not just the character. It's also like the structure of it and mm-hmm. the actor. It's like all of it came together mm-hmm. at this perfect point. It's weird. You don't have that happen very often yeah, in this show. Such, such an inventive structure. And, yeah. yeah. It's really. It's. I think we've talked about this before. It's nice that it celebrates the intelligence of the common man. It celebrates the the um, work ethic of the common man. In against all of these rich, uh, influential enemies. Yeah, yeah. Which no, is not, that's, we don't get that now. The huge class thing. Yeah, the huge class Definitely thing. Definitely don't get that, that yeah. now. You Can know I, what? I th- Put it that way, I think it's time for a reboot. Oh, yes. No, we've talked about this. that era again. We've talked about this before. <laughs> we've talked about this before, about who should be some sort of, like, uh, revival of Columbo. Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head, J.D., who do you think would be good for this? James Franco. Oh, hmm. you know what? That that would work. I'm not, I think I'm that not would actually that. Would work. I kind of like that. Yeah, I like that idea. I, I've, I've never type, thought of that like, one. Like, yeah. like handsome, schlubby, high. Kind of weird. Yes, the yeah. high thing definitely. High would play a lot of it now. Yeah. Oh my god, that would no. I never thought of that guy, and that would actually would work really well. I think. Let's Holy three cow. of us climb to the top of Mount Hollywood. All right. <laughs> Right away. First thing, a couple people, a few people get killed just as first business. But then, after that, James Franco's Columbo, new Columbo series on the CW, I think. Ooh. Oh, it's James Franco's going to be on CBS. Uh, CBS in ten years. Poor James Franco's movie career is over. He's going to CBS. <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here first. <laughs> or Mark Ruffalo. We didn't even. We, his name didn't even get dropped. Oh, Ruffalo. Well, yeah. no, Ruffalo's great. Ruffalo's come up quite a bit. There's this. Uh, who's that screenwriter? He keeps putting that out there. James. I don't remember. Something Sorry. or other. I don't know. I forget his guy's name. But yeah, Ruffalo has always been very vocal about wanting to be Columbo in a reboot. Which would be great. I mean, yeah. but. Who's gonna pay? Who's gonna pay for that? He's 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 got the Marvel money. Who's gonna? <laughs> well, pay? he doesn't need to, he doesn't need a paycheck then. Well, he's I fine. know, but still, his agents are gonna want, they're gonna want him to get the Marvel money for doing. He's not yeah, gonna get just, that doing a Columbo TV show. Flip Listen. that around and imagine a world where Peter Falk was playing the Hulk. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> where Mark Ruffalo is, would be playing Columbo and the Hulk, and Peter Falk, too, would be playing the Hulk. Yeah, he's following Legacy. Legacy, the two characters. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> Uh, I, I actually, uh, John, I wanted to bring up a thing that you, uh, we forgot to bring up the last, uh, oh, yeah. program real quick. about, um, uh, Columbo, uh, being in Los Angeles. And I, I would think that that first scene in this episode where he stopped, I would guess, hopefully at an easily identifiable, um, intersection for some of our listeners, mm. if they're in Los Angeles, uh, go ahead, John, please. Uh, well, elaborate. I just, uh, I mentioned this on the Tumblr already. And, uh, when I was in, and did I mention I was in Los Angeles? Yeah. Recently? A couple times, a couple times. Uh, when I was in LA recently, Jesus uh, Christ. and every time my wife and I, my go, we, we talk about doing a driving tour of Colombo locations, whatever's <laughs> still around. So, uh, this episode is pretty good for it. There's actually six listed on IMDb, which I think are all, well, one of them, San Fernando, which I'm sure is still there. Um, but if, if you, our listeners, have any ideas about what might be a good Columbo filming location, something pivotal and uh, memorable from the ep- uh, one of the episodes, please mention it in comments. I'd, I'll start assembling a map and we'll see what we can put together. Or, or even uh, email it to us, too, and uh, we'll put oh, it yeah, together. Uh, pull it up on the Tumblr, on the website. Of at Columbo at citydesk.net slash sendmail dot cgi underscore six four five nine six are you familiar with the site geocities i don't know <laughs> i've never seen it um so well, yeah just no, ask, send it to us you ask your guest you ask your guest i feel like he got pulled over in burbank i think he got pulled oh over really sure. it looks like burbank to me to this All guy right. who lives in la there you go yes all right i guess i got a screen cap let me to hollywood personality jd riznar it looks like burbank Looks like Burbank to me. That guy, that guy knows Hollywood. He's been the here for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, he gets pulled over next to a place called Ferrara Motors, which pro- might be out of business. Which might guess. be out of business since 1971. Kind of, might not be there. Chan, it looks like it was out of business then. It's not a really populated car lot. I love using street signs in movies to find locations. My wife and I use street signs in um, Breaking Two. Electric oh, yeah? Boogaloo to find yeah, yeah. out, and we found the uh, the Miracles um, Community Center. Which no is way! That's yeah. crazy. Nice. It doesn't look as sweet anymore, but it's still standing. Nice. All right, here's That's if somebody surprise. can That's can great. help out. Here's the location I would love to find hmm. uh, for this episode: the golf club. I would love to see. Oh, okay. Like to visit the country club or whatever it is, and possibly the playground. Yeah, the playground might be interesting. That's weird. Yeah. You, you could there go was, and you could go push a kid in a creepy manner. There, there were a lot of mountains in the in the uh, golf club. I wouldn't be surprised if it was up here in my neck of the woods where I live in the like Tahunga Sunland Sun Valley. There's a there's a golf club up here. It could also be somewhere up like towards Santa Clarita up there, or like just somewhere in the valley in the foothills, like in the in the uh, not the valley, but like in the Inland Empire. That area over there. Um, you you have been the most helpful, uh, from an information standpoint, uh, West Coast guest we have had on this program yet. So thank I get you. around. That's good. You hear that, Steve Huey? Huey? See there, it's Steve Huey. You hear that, Aaron Blairt, who hated <laughs> Columbo? Listen, Steve Huey goes from his apartment to <laughs> the nearest beer snob bar. That's that's. that's <laughs> That's no, that's true. That's actually he, what he was able he, to identify did, for us. He did bars. the same thing uh, when we were roommates in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So yes, <laughs> there you go. No exactly different. the same thing. I got a couple little kids. I got to take them on adventures. There you go. That's exciting. <laughs> they get uh, bored at bars. So, so going around the circle, uh, what what did everybody think overall of this episode? Uh, JD, uh, please, your estimation of this program. Uh, I thought it was lovely. It was a solid Columbus or Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good Columbus Day episode. It was a great Columbo episode with a lot of like really weird artistic visual, yeah, like uh, uh, things that happened that uh, made it super special. And I love that it was the second episode. I know it, it, it's incredible that it was the second one. This felt this felt like something that's like a couple seasons in of something where like they know what's going on, like they knew. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy. This is episode two. I, I can't believe it. Anyway, uh, John, what'd you rate this? This, uh, I don't, have I yet to rate anything ten out of ten somethings. No, I don't think so. Or if you I, have, maybe you did. I'm not going to listen to the old episodes of this thing to find out. But uh, we'll God, say no. Why would you? Why? Yeah, I know. Would you? 
Yeah. Uh, I will. I will go ahead and give this a ten out of ten. Wow. Uh, I'll give it. I'm going to give it actually a five out of ten in the right storytelling lens of Robert Culp's glasses, yeah. and then an additional five out of ten <laughs> in the left frame, <laughs> making a total of ten out of ten. But uh, you know. Uh, so much to talk about, even if it's not the most archetypal, archetypical Columbo. Yes. Not the most archipelagical Columbo. Archipelago. Uh, it is. There's just a lot to talk about, a lot to take in. Great performance, yeah. great acting, great murder. Yeah, I love it. I uh, uh, yeah, ten out of ten. I'll give it ten out of ten. I know it's great, and it's a shame this is the last Robert Culp episode we're ever going to talk about. We just got word from our bosses we can't do we anymore. Can't do it. It, it comes oh. down from the. Uh, we actually we, we actually are writing our, uh, Netflix and asking them to remove all the Culp episodes yep, and keep the rest of them. Sorry, yeah. folks. That's it. The last. No, it was, I, I love this episode. It's great. It's incredible. I, I kind of, because like to this one, maybe I'll change it as I watch the uh, subliminal film one again, but I, I, maybe this one might be my uh, switch. This would be my favorite uh, Culp episode. This was great. Always, always interesting to see opinions change. He's, he's great. Uh, well, thank you, JD, for doing this show. Um, we mentioned, uh, up to we, we referred to you as a uh, drunk historian. That's because this very night, uh, November uh, 10th, we're recording this thing. Your episode of Drunk History, uh, your latest episode of Drunk History, mm-hmm. is premiering right. on uh, Comedy Central. So this is going to go on the internet after the time, but there'll be reruns. You can see it on ComedyCentral.com. Uh, your. Uh, Hulu, I believe. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. You're like internet, uh, what have you. So you can definitely see it. Uh, what else uh, should folks be looking for that they should be watching from you, JD? Nothing. What? <laughs> you got nothing. nothing else coming up? Come on. Nothing. Nothing. Listen, go back, watch my old Yacht Rock episodes. 10th anniversary uh, this year. It's a, oh. They're worth a million dollars. Which made me feel very old. Oh, we're all super old. So no, that good Lord. Uh, and then that, just, you, this drunk history is just the most important thing that I've ever done. I think I okay. think the Fonz lip syncs me. What? So, yeah. What is that? Wait, wait. So yeah, what? Do, I haven't seen the. I'll, I'll watch it uh, probably this weekend. What? What do you talk about on that one? It's what, about what you... how Alexander Graham Bell stole the telephone invention. Oh, good, nice. good. That guy deserves you... it. Stuck to him. Yeah. You don't need to spoil anything. But do you do you top getting into the bathtub? With your host I, this time? I, I attempt to. I haven't seen the, the, <laughs> the final cut. And also, so you probably don't remember much of the... Uh... <laughs> I remember enough, but I don't uh, remember... It. You don't. You remember enough, but you don't remember right. how smoothly things really went. To yes. me, I was, I was great the whole time, you know? That, that, that show five, five, is... Five, six vodkas in. That show is a triumph of editing, I think. Every time I watch that, it's like, oh my god, they have to do so much work, I'm guessing. Uh, shout out to the editor. Uh, my, my boy James Atkinson worked on this season. He's uh, a, a very, uh, very special little boy. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's a fine program. The Drunk History. If you folks, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's been fine ever since its humble internet origins. Yeah. Funny and wonderful. And there we go. Uh, John, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, what's up? Not good. What's up? I say, uh, you got anything uh, coming up? Any uh, little secrets and plans and things that people should be aware of, or no? I definitely will not be sharing the secrets. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I uh, you know, there's still uh, Boo Halloween stories still available from Comicsology. Right. I know it's, I know it's ten days past Halloween. But you can still get but, scared. Yeah, you're Regardless, a cool. You get scared for two bucks. Come you on. like breaking the rules. So Comicsology.com, Boo Halloween stories, uh, eighty-nine pages this year. Just Jesus a ridiculous Christ, amount of stories. Of stuff, yeah. Great to get framed by. Um, I have nothing. I'm getting a chimney liner installed tomorrow, uh, Thursday. That's it. That's all I got. I have a new Big boiler. Paying money to heat my house. That's all I got. Um, all right. Well, thank you, uh, everyone, for listening to the show. If you want to listen to uh, other episodes of Just One More Thing, you can get them on iTunes or your um, whatever podcast app you prefer. Or go to jomtpodcast.com. They're all up there. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, we're always posting about what the heck's going on, new episodes, uh, any other things people post about Columbo on the internet. That's uh, twitter.com slash jomtpodcast. And we mentioned it several times this episode. We got a Tumblr where uh, John posts uh, screen caps, uh, plus other stuff uh, folks post on Tumblr. Uh, nothing with the weird furries. They're all over Tumblr. We don't do that. We're furry free. But that's uh, JOMT Podcast. 
www.tumblr.com. That's up there. <laughs> slash uh, kink shame. Yeah, slash kink shame. That's a second episode in a row you use the phrase kink shame. Sometimes, you like, though, you if, like you're, if, you, if you're dressing like a Care Bear, come on. It you should. Not, you just, do, come on. They're not doing it in my Airbnb. I don't care. All right. Well, you know what? I'm guessing the Venn diagram between a Columbo podcast and people dressing up as uh, bears and foxes to make out with each other is probably non-existent. I would hope. And if it is, I apologize, folks. We're going to find out. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. That's what anyway. social media is for. Yeah, you'll, you'll get a, yeah, whatever. It'll be problematic. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's the program for this week. Thank you again, JD, a wonderful episode. And we will, might bring you back on. Maybe we'll bring you on to talk about that uh, Fisher Stevens one. I want to talk about that Fisher Stevens one. Will you, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down to your eternal regret and shame. Uh, but that's the show for this time around. Uh, thank you, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, listen, just one more thing. It was an accident, Arthur. It wasn't... premeditated. I hardly knew your wife. I didn't want to hurt either one of you. It happened. <laughs>